0: Ready rock and roll? Yes. Alright, we're live. Hey guys, here's another episode of the Not So Fucking Ordinary Show where I'm taking the time to interview people who I think are excelling in their area of life, whether that's fitness, corporate world, entrepreneurship, athletics, etc. And today I have a super special guest. I mean, this is a guy that he doesn't know it, but I've been looking up to this guy for several years because that's how long I've known him. But first time I met this guy, I knew that this was a power player and I needed to get close to him and try and understand what makes this guy tick. This is Goran. Goran Vez... Vezović. Vezović. Say it one more time. Vezović. Vezović. Goran Vezović. That's right. There you go. He's an entrepreneur, he's a businessman, and this guy is just always making moves. I can't keep up with this guy. I have the privilege of sitting down with him in his new office here in St. Paul, and I'm gonna pick his brain,
1: figure out what makes him tick. Goran, how we doing, my man? Great, thanks for having me. Uh, all of the uh, accolades and the props, I appreciate it. I didn't realize that that was uh, such an impact, but hey, whatever time I can devote to you and others, um, you know, that's makes everything that I do a lot more fulfilling. So I'm uh, glad you are having me on your podcast.
0: Absolutely, man, yeah. glad you're here. I thank everyone that's watching and listening online. Especially those of you who have been teeter-tottering on whether or not you wanted to start a business. Maybe you had this idea and you're on the crossroads of life trying to decide whether or not you should do it. I think you're going to get a lot of value from today's conversation with Gorin. And on the other side of that, maybe you are a current business person and you're hitting a plateau. I think what we're going to unravel here today with Gorin is going to um, bring some context, bring some advice into your current entrepreneurial situation. So with that said, Gorin, I want to first start from day one. You know, little Gorin, I want to hear your origin story. Where are you from? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? And then
1: we'll go from there and I'll ask questions along the way. Sound good? Uh, Yeah, that sounds good. It might be a little bit of a a long story, but I'm going to try to condense it uh, in a short amount of time. Uh, So I I was born in uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, which is in Eastern Europe. Uh, in 83. Okay. Um, not as young as I once used to be but uh, That's pretty much where I um, grew up and where I was up until uh, nine years old or so At which point we uh, went to Croatia, which is a neighboring country me and my family. Okay, uh, and we spent a couple of years there um, And after that we ended up migrating or immigrating to the United States and the first stop was Minnesota and this is kind of where I am now, and uh, you know, that was 24, 25 years ago. Okay, Yeah. nice, so I gotta ask, soccer family? Oh, huge. Yeah, I had to ask, I had to (laughs) ask. I used to play soccer, my dad used to play soccer, he watches every single game. Obviously all the tournaments in Europe are just around the clock. Um, I know I have a favorite team, Juventus. You know, of course, go. Good uh, choice. right? Uh, but yeah, no, I I love it. Uh, I watch it. I uh, even um, uh, the Minnesota team, uh, United. I uh, yep. went to a couple games. I uh, really enjoyed it. I think it's actually taken off. It absolutely. I uh, just
0: went to my first game at you know the new stadium here, not yep. too far from here, two weekends ago. Yeah, blown away. No, I was amazed.
1: It, the stadium is fantastic. The build quality, the Uh, the amount of seats they have, the location, it really is great. So I'm I'm glad people are enjoying it Mm -hmm. uh, as much as people in other countries because it is the the world's sport. Exactly. So,
0: yeah, I agree with you. It's been fun to watch that take off. But let's pivot back. So you immigrate over to the U.S. I want to know how long you, like, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Did you know you wanted to be a business person, or, or how did you fall into becoming a businessman? Because mm-hmm. I feel like some people say they were born an entrepreneur and they have the lemonade sand, you know, classic Gary yeah. Vee stuff, which, which is great. I agree with it. But then sometimes people just stumble upon it and they find out that they're really good at it.
1: You know, I, I think maybe it, most likely I'm a product of kind of the circumstance and my environment. Okay. Um, so I'd like to say that, you know, I was born an entrepreneur, but ever since I can remember, I don't know, when I was like seven or eight. Um, a lot of things that I did in my daily life kind of led me to where I am today. Sure. Um, and at, you know, nine years old, uh, for most people that don't know, the reason why I immigrated to the United States is because there was a war in Bosnia, and um, at that young age, I used to work alongside uh, with my father, who uh, had an export-import industry okay. uh, and, and business. So. Um, he kind of showed me the ropes, and then I saw him interacting with other people at a very young age, and I segued that into kind of my own hustle. Um, and I had all these different hustles in Bosnia or in Croatia as a youngster. You know, nine, ten years mm-hmm. old. Um, I remember I would go in Croatia. You can have you can go up a mountain and get a whole bunch of olives from an olive tree. So okay. that's what I would do, and I would pickle olives and I would sell them on the side of the road. Uh, I would go up a mountain and then get a whole bunch of different uh, herbs that I could then put together into teas and I would sell that. So it it started at a very young age as far as just basic commerce, you know, mm-hmm. either making something and selling it or buying it or, and reselling it. So I always said the knack, and I don't know if that knack was born or was just for me uh, ingesting everything that I was exposed to at such mm-hmm. an early age it just kept you know building on itself and perpetuating um, and then of course when I landed here I was fortunate enough to uh, work for you know small business owners uh, so they showed me a lot um, again at you know, 12 13 14 mm-hmm. 15 um, I was pretty much in school and then as soon as I get, get off school I would go and work for them. What kind and, of businesses were those? Um, they were uh, auto-related businesses. Okay. Um, one of my mentors, his name is Steve. He owned a junkyard, auto repair shop, and a tire shop. Okay. Um, and he basically owned um, other uh, real estate, uh, just like duplexes, single-family mm-hmm. homes. So when I was done working and you know at his business pretty much doing everything that you know a small business would need, we would then go around and fix up his properties. And okay. then I was all like, hey, why do you have this? And that's when he told me, he was like, well, here's how rental real estate works. So I was like, man. And you're what, 14, 15, 16 yeah. at
0: same So right away,
1: I was kind of pretty much just replicating what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I couldn't buy my own piece of real estate, so I just focused on working in order to get some money sure. in order to buy my first piece of real estate. So, being exposed to that type of environment and entrepreneurs and different mentors at such an early age, I think gave me um, a, a head start. Uh, and that's kind of what I try to do right now too: is pay forward mm-hmm. um, and meet with other people like yourself, mm-hmm. even you know people that are just in high school or getting out of high school, um, and show them the ropes to see if this is maybe what they want to do. Because a lot of people just um, are not. 100% on what they actually want to do right. life when they're 15, 16, 17. But um, I knew that I just wanted to be a businessman, but what I, exactly I was gonna do, I didn't know. Sure. All I did know was that I wanted to do whatever I wanted. Okay, so. I like
0: that. That's incredible. I, I always reflect and compare things to kind of athletics and sports, because I grew up an athlete. And so yeah. I, I feel like most kids, either guy or girl, they grow up in usually playing a sport, Yep. and you know they go through elementary and junior high high school and then college, whereas um you were not necessarily focused on the athletics but more being in the business environment, and so of course, your skill set from an early age really started to grow as you know at that age, all I cared about was soccer one thousand percent that's it i i I knew I wanted to own a business, but I wanted it to be a soccer. Like an indoor soccer complex yeah you know what i mean but yeah most people will go through their adolescence focused on a sport or an instrument or something but here you right. are in a business environment knowing
1: and, and i like sports and i i played uh soccer and football in in high school but um because most of my time was spent working i mm-hmm. always looked at it from a different perspective like how i can make business from this mm-hmm. so if i'm you know, hey, who's supplying the football jerseys? Maybe I can be the supplier of yeah. the football jerseys, and same with soccer stuff. So my mind would always work in that type of fashion. Yeah. Which where, is
0: completely different than most people.
1: Right, I'm, I would still go play the game, but then I'm like, I hope I can sell both teams some product, right? <laughs> that's amazing, <laughs> Right. for so, that too. Right, and that's kind of where my focus was. I didn't have aspirations to be like a professional whatever player, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be the owner that's writing the player the trip because I understood like, hey, player is a finite amount of time, mm-hmm. you have this liability exposure of injury, you know, who knows what else. Um, I looked at it as the ownership aspect as something that I related to more okay. uh, than being a player. Obviously, you know, not having maybe the peak skills to get sure, into sure. a pro game uh, you know, and realizing that at a younger age because I didn't really want to focus on that mm-hmm. aspect, you know, led me away. And I had a couple injuries which were also kind of like, hey, maybe I should go a different route, which ultimately, that is my passion. Yeah, Uh, Because I can't just focus on the one task at hand. There's so many different things I want to focus on um, at one time. Makes sense. Yeah, I
0: mean, to have the self-awareness at that age is incredible. I mean, really takes an extraordinary mindset. So kudos to you for doing that, because I couldn't imagine not trying to attack like the soccer path I loved it so much but you being okay you know what I I might be good at the sport but I'm not good enough to go all the way and if I do it'll be a short period of time so you brought yourself to a higher level which is right really impressive
1: right and I think like I said going back to the product of my circumstance and my environment you know I didn't have the luxuries of having a choice between x or y was always a struggle for um to gain financial independence for myself, but then also I had to help out my family. Sure. So the decisions that you're making where you know to have a some so, some kind of a soccer career or or into a camp, that to me translated into time that would not be spent in making money to survive. Uh which was important. Right. So it it yeah. uh the circumstance led me to, you know, the choices that I made and ultimately where I am today, okay. Um, so that's why I said a lot of a lot of times it really just depends um, on the environment. You know, if you're born with something, yeah, but where you are placed, how you are placed will have a big impact on how you develop as an adult. Yeah, I can see that. So, so from fourteen, fifteen, sixteen,
0: working with this guy who owned you know the automotive
1: Prospect stores. Auto Parts. Pro- okay. They're no longer in business. Okay. Uh, But Prospect Auto Parks in uh, Prospect Park, uh, Southeast Minneapolis, which is right at my cusp of U of M. Uh, My stomping grounds, if you will, before any of the uh, huge uh, condo buildings Mm -hmm. and the developments were there. Uh, You know, yeah, that's where I used to be all the time. All right, what what happened next? You know, in conjunction with that, uh, you know, I was lucky enough where the owner uh, and my mentor, Steve, would uh, help me along the way, because I, I know, I had a passion for cars, and I still do, and automotive stuff. Which we're gonna talk about. You're not <laughs> gonna wanna bring up the cars, but I'm gonna ask you about them. So <laughs> uh, I wanted to, and this is probably around the same time that Fast and the Furious was coming out. Okay. So I was in that scene, I, I liked it, and I, I started a company uh, called uh, uh, Treadmark Wheel and Performance Company, where okay. I would basically use Steve's account to purchase uh, wholesale wheels and tires, which I would then sell retail out of the shop under my business. Okay. So, you know, in conjunction doing his stuff, Mm -hmm. I did my stuff and he was okay with that. And on top of that, he gave me the okay as far as establishing a vendor relationship. So, uh, you know, I think I was like 16 or 17, I even had like you know, checks from a bank, that felt real good. You know, the business wasn't, you know, like a a huge success, but I made a couple deals in order to understand how things work, wholesale, retail, establishing accounts, vendors, and relationships, Um, but I still wanted to um, do other stuff, and I had to do other stuff, you know, and I had, um, you know, a couple jobs uh, in tandem with all my side hustles. Okay, But I think that was kind of one of the pivotal ones where, it brought me into the fold where I established an LLC in Minnesota. I wrote a check to myself, uh, and I pinned it on the wall. That's so a cool. Deal. And you're so.
0: 16 years old, right? That's incredible. Yep. Wow. LLC at 16. Man. That's nuts. <laughs> so, I, so what happened? Because I, I know you you've started several companies. So I, I want to continue to go down your timeline. You know. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Give it all to me. Give it all to me. Uh, If, where did I begin? Uh, Usually, again, uh, going back to that soccer story where I would not just be playing, but I would thinking about how else I can make something from that. Um, I had, uh, uh, I have a cousin who lives back home in Eastern Europe and Bosnia, and he was like, hey, I want to get a car. And I'm like, great, uh, let me ship it to you. So I took the opportunity of sourcing a car and the entire shipping process as a business opportunity where I wrote a manual which you can buy on Amazon. You just have to uh, Google either my name or just type in six step auto export manual. Okay. So I wrote an auto export manual many years ago <laughs> on a step-by-step which is basically recounting my entire process and the story from buying the car here and mm-hmm. then shipping it away over there. Um, so that was kind of you know one thing led to another. Were you able to monetize on that or yes, it, okay. I, I as a matter of fact, I still get royalties to this day. They're not they're you know I'm selling the book for ninety nine cents, yeah. but I still you know that's at eighteen I was getting royalties yeah. from Amazon, um, a couple bucks, but it gave me exposure. That's amazing, yeah. Um, I it's, gave my info within the book, so every so often somebody <clears throat> would call me anywhere in the country or the world because they bought this book and they wanted to know. Um, a little bit more insight on it and or asking some questions and they are like, wow, I didn't realize you would pick up. And I'm like, yeah, put in my phone number. Yeah, so you yeah, got a question. Yeah. I, I have an answer. So uh, I always knew that, you know, you have to be able to uh, connect with other people. You can't just do it by yourself. And, you know, this is before a lot of the social media and you were able to get exposure. So Uh, you know, being on Amazon at the early ages of Amazon Mm -hmm. when they were like selling books Mm -hmm. uh, on eBay before eBay, what it it is, what it is now. I've sold a ton of stuff on there. Uh, So I always knew that I had to get somebody's attention uh, in in order to kind of grow myself. Uh, And I knew it couldn't be local. I wanted to be global, even at that time. Um, and you know just took little steps here and there you'd be surprised kind of what you can get from it Um, back then and even now uh, you know people still refer to that Mm -hmm. in some way or or fashion or or ask me about it so that's something that I used um, you know a couple years ago during uh, VSM when I did a lot of real estate-related podcasts, YouTubes, and all that. Mm-hmm. A lot of the early things that I did mm-hmm. in my uh, business career um, is kind of I use those skills to start. Um, now that we have social media and it's readily available, you can just record and you know like we're doing now and, mm-hmm. and jump up. So um, I think a lot of those um, lessons I learned early on, which ended up using decades later, right. So importing process, exporting
0: process, selling things through e-commerce. Yeah, you know, before just, Shopify was right, Shopify,
1: right. there was eCreator.com. Um, okay. There was uh, the, numerous other websites. I've I've imported um, stuff from China, from India. Um, you know dealt with u uh, s customs learned a lot about that process on how that works before there was drop shipping because then I had to commit to buying a, a entire crate full of goods mm-hmm. and then truck it over here store it and then sell it um, you know through Craigslist or whatever other yeah. platform so again those were um you know uh, I took a lot of you know losses but I did have some wins uh, but most of all i got a lot of good real world knowledge when it comes to really just buying and selling and and how global trade works so so tell me how you got into just gonna segue a little bit tell me how you got into real estate no yeah i mean like i said it was always on my mind Mm -hmm. i just needed to have some money for me to yeah. be able to invest uh, so were you throughout all these different side hustles and endeavors as you're
0: you're you're in the auto parts here you're in the exporting over here e-commerce over here are you essentially trying to get revenue stash it aside so one day you can then invest in real estate was that the goal at the time was to be able yes. to okay
1: yeah uh i mean there <laughs> were some roadblocks and you know Bumps along the way where I would, you know, stack some money and then I would have another bright idea and that bright idea just took all my money and mm-hmm. nothing came of it, right? Um, so, in conjunction to all of my entrepreneurial hustles, I had, you know, regular jobs, right? And I used to work for T Mobile, I used to work for Best Buy Corporate, I used to work for Tom Reuters. So, I always had a good base and I just put in the overtime okay. either before, sometimes during, and then a lot of times after my regular gig was over in order to get all these other things happening. You know, I had mall kiosks, but I also worked for someone else Mm -hmm. in the mall. Right. Uh, So, because I'm like, well, I can operate these businesses Mm -hmm. while I'm operating this other business and somebody else is paying. Yeah, smart. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, probably at, I think, 20 or 21, an opportunity presented itself. And this is when, um, you know, the real estate market, anyone could. Pretty much get a loan right and you know anyone mm-hmm. uh was me i got a, a very crappy uh loan and a mortgage um, some people may remember there were called adjust for rate mortgages where basically if something happened within the interest market you could adjust or up and down and then that would fluctuate your payment and this is okay. where a lot of people got caught off guard. And this is why we had the whole fallout to 2006, seven, eight, 9 of the real estate market. Um, so my first crack at real estate was the worst real estate deal to date, but it was also the catalyst that led me to all of the real estate deals that I currently am in or was a part in. And I, to this day, I still have that piece of real estate. And to give you some context, I bought uh, this piece of real estate, a townhouse, uh, and it's been 13, 14 years. I bought it for $205,000, and just now it's probably worth $225,000. Wow, good for you. So, <laughs> The, the the there's not much profit there if, <laughs> if you really kind of look at it however I had the time and that's what most people yeah. didn't realize at that age because you know I'm 20 mm-hmm. a decade I'll still be 30 and I'll be okay
0: right and I say good for you because you've been able to hold on to it right not, not necessarily good for you because of the, the profit margin but good for you for being in a position to be able to hold on to it where most people would have to you know, do anything they can to get out of that type of a situation
1: right so and even in that piece of real estate while I didn't make um, much money when it comes to uh, appreciation Mm -hmm. uh, in first decade or so um, I was able to lease that property out for very many years where essentially all of the rental payments were paying off my mortgage so uh, you know I've shaped 15 years almost off a mortgage mm-hmm. and my cash outlay in that deal has been you know, very minimal. Right. So it's irrelevant to me what the worth of the property is right now because the substantial amount of that was knocked down. So even at the worst time that you could buy a piece of real estate, mm-hmm. you could still make it work if you have the time. Right. And that's why I think that's the most important asset. It's not the money, it's how much time you have to make things happen.
0: Um, and when you say time, you're not necessarily saying time invested into the property, more so time to hold the property. And yeah, for and, you
1: to be yeah. alive, yep. right? Yep. You know, if you buy a bunch of real estate in 20 and you can wait till you're 50, uh, there's a lot of mistakes that you can make and you will be just fine. Mm-hmm. So you, you will definitely want to buy early, you want to buy um, as much as possible okay um, and that's how I looked at it when I was 20. I bought anything and everything I could get my hands on because I was waiting for the time factor to kick in um, sometimes I buy bought okay sometimes i I bought you know not so good mm-hmm. but um, I really just stuck to that old adage of when the best time to plant a tree is right it's yeah. it's 20 years ago the, the second best time is today. Right. Um, so that's how I approach real estate now and other businesses too. I like that. Within your real estate portfolio, is it primarily
0: townhomes and single family homes or do you have commercial and a mixture of? Yeah,
1: properties? so that's that's a good question. Um, I have uh, a stake in a couple of different portfolios. Okay. And some of the real estate portfolios are comprised of single family homes. Some are comprised of Condos, uh, townhouses, etc. Some are comprised of commercial and mixed-use properties. So you have residential with businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the property that we're in right now um, is an office building that uh, we bought two months ago, and okay. this is also where our office is um, at the garden level. But we have tenants upstairs, so it really just depends i started at houses and condos something small but eventually you move up to bigger uh, bigger things and it's just it's just a learning process where now um, most of my focus when it comes to real estate is looking um, into properties that are um, commercial and it could be commercial uh, residential where you have multiple buildings or it could be um, you know, true commercial like a retail shopping center or a mixed-use uh, business building like this is. Yeah.
0: So when you're going into a deal, are you trying to, is one, of the de- the, is one of the deciding factors whether or not you can improve upon that particular parcel and, you know, increase its value so when you exit you have margin there? Or are you just trying to buy super low and then hold, and then sell, or maybe a
1: mixture of the two. Um, I would say it depends. I'm probably I'm a huge believer in value add, um, and that's what I do, and that's what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love the shittiest properties, uh, the worst, the worst of the worst, because we have the ability to fix those up and make them, um, you know, way better. Yeah. So at this stage in my life, I can so roll up my sleeves and you know get things done Yeah,
0: do and, the grunt work a
1: little bit yeah do the grunt work build that sweat sort of equity uh in order to get a, a bigger upside in either a refinance or a sale uh, you mentioned kind of what the goal is and for the most part um i i like to uh buy it rehab it and hold it okay um just because of the tax implications mm-hmm. uh if i have something else that i need to Buy that's you know a higher dollar value. Then I may have to sell some of my assets. Do what's called a 1031 exchange, where um, my gain is not going to be taxable because I'm rolling those proceeds into the next venture. Sure. Uh, then that's what I would, That's what I want to do. Okay. Uh, pretty much kind of what you know, Grant Cardone yep. does on a much smaller scale. Uh, but that's the path that I'm going towards, where um, I'm able to secure the deal, uh, stabilize it. Um, get it operational and either be in the deal as you know a hundred percent owner or a five percent owner uh, what I would I would then be a, a general partner and then you would have other investors as limited partners who would okay. jump in on the deal and then I would move on to the next
0: keep impressing me Gordon keep impressing <laughs> me man Jeez, you're all over the place so just given time, let's move on to the next bucket because there's still so much to talk about. I mean, we could do this interview for six hours just because I'm curious and I want to learn, but yeah. tell me a little bit about the businesses you're you're a part of right now or either running right now. I know you got a couple of projects, you got some big launches coming. You know, tell me about those. Yeah,
1: um, so in conjunction with all the real estate, I've dabbled in so many different things. Uh, you know, one uh, was a trucking company, um, asset-based trucking company. Uh, learned a lot there, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of lessons, even now at what I consider, you know, older age. Yeah. <laughs> you never stop learning, and, and that's okay. And a lot of people would will deter you from um, going to fields that you don't know because, you know, it's, it's not safe. Uh, but that's kind of what I live for, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a thrill seeker, and to me, ultimately, I don't care to do the familiar thing. Uh, over and over again just because it nets me some dollars. I wanna experience different things. So, um, we I did that, I, I'm still somewhat involved, not in day to day, but maybe from an ownership perspective, I'm mm-hmm. involved. We've established really good uh, relationships within that industry um, where we're partnering up to grow further. So, okay. I, you know, it. We made uh, lemonade out of of lemons. Uh, It it took a a ton of work, Mm -hmm. uh, took a lot of money, uh, and uh, it wasn't by no means easy, but it was just expected. I just, you know, I I feel like my entire life has been a a struggle, so whenever something comes that's hard, I'm like, whatever, what else is new, right? You Uh, have to be able to have that mindset if you're an entrepreneur, right? Exactly. that's that's kind of the name of the game. Exactly, so, um, you know, trucking, very risky, Ridiculous, And then the other venture, uh, a good friend of mine um, owns uh, a couple of restaurants and he asked me, hey, do you want to be a part of a new restaurant concept? And I'm like, well, probably because I love pizza. Yeah. Uh, I love cheese steaks and restaurants have a high probability of going out of business. So it sounds like something. I should be <laughs> in, right? Yeah, of course. Right. So uh, naturally I said, of course, I want to be a part of it uh, just because it's um, it's a restaurant business. There's four friends involved. Um, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that—that that was my number one focus. Um, you know, granted the money um, it, it will follow if the concept works, but mm-hmm. I didn't get into it for the profitability. I wanted to go into uh, a, an experience with people that I care for and that I like, who are my friends, and I really wanted to just to see what we can do. Um, so if you guys are in town this Saturday, uh, the 27th, 27th, yep, 27th from 11 to six, uh, Tono pizzeria and cheese steak in Maplewood on white bear, uh, is having a grand opening. Uh, we should probably have close to 600 people. According to the Facebook, maker, yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll
0: bring, I'll bring my
1: buddies. For those of you watching Tono's this Saturday, make sure you're there. Right. So. Who knows where that will lead? But our intent uh, and my intent was to build um, a, a restaurant concept uh, with a strong brand, a mm-hmm. uh, family-friendly environment that we could replicate. So this entire um, uh, outlay of our time and cash into this deal, which, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, is you know hundreds of thousands of dollars, is really just to prove a concept. You know, no one's looking to really make any money on this deal. We're proving a concept that says, hey. This business, this model is going to work, mm-hmm. and here's how we can replicate it, with the goal of trying to create franchises off of that. Or... Um, I'm not a big fan of doing the franchise model. Okay, I want to do a corporate owned, and then have um, either you know friends and family or private equity come in from a money side for us <clears> to <throat> be able to build a few at a time. Gotcha. Um, especially that you know my business partner Dario was the GC. We really fine tune the time it takes and the price and the cost of um, building on this restaurant. So now we have those parameters Mm -hmm. and we can replicate them. We just need about 12 months worth of financials for us to be able to get into the open market and say, okay, we're going to do five every year for the next three to four years. Um, And that's really big. I like that. Right. So that's really the intent. It's not just one, it's really just, us building this brand, mm-hmm. this concept, that's not just gonna be uh, where I live because I live in Maplewood. Uh, that was another big part. I wanna be really close because, yeah. you know, I get hungry a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> uh, and, but that was, that's the starting point. So not every venture um, that I choose um, has an immediate exit or a- end game. And I, I consider that to be, um, to be fun. So if you're building something that's bigger um, you, know, you know, you want to be a part of it I like to say that I want to be the, the Starbucks or the pizzeria and the cheese steak game um, And it's not really sexy to open a one Starbucks. It's you know, having 15,000 stores is mm-hmm. you know, something that um, I want to say I was a part of um, So that's that was one of the reasons why I entered into um, into that business That's amazing
0: as you reflect back on your entire career and you think about all all the things you've done, all the different industries you've been in, all the different yeah. business models you've been in, you know, what makes Goran Goran Like, what are your strengths? What do you feel uh, makes
1: you tick the way you tick? You know, that's, uh, that's a good question, so. And don't be humble. Yeah, well, um, I think probably last, you know, five to six years of my life, I have took a, a, a bigger interest in myself, not from a uh, selfish or some kind of egotistical uh, perspective, but Mm -hmm. really just to understand who I am, what makes me uh, tick and how I can improve upon, you know, Mm -hmm. mentally, physically, however. So um, a lot of um, my time has been spent uh, reading and listening, uh, researching, learning constantly. So um, in the morning, every morning, I make a a point to ingest new information um, and build on top of that. And that's been, um, I think tremendous for me, you know, not having um, you know a college degree of mm-hmm. any sort, uh, I really look at education as a pivotal point, uh, in, or a pivotal item in anyone's you know tool belt mm-hmm. uh, to to get anywhere. It Doesn't have to be, um, you know, I just want to get educated to have a business, have a business to make money. But it, you can be educated and just you know learn to be happy, right? Right. So that's been um, a core focus of mine is to really understanding myself and what makes me happy and 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 build on that, because I want to have uh, the best quality of life while I'm still um, you know alive mm-hmm. and uh, you know that is kind of what makes me tick is really un- truly understanding what I want and what I don't want and pursuing what I want, no matter what somebody else says and typically. You know in the pursuit of business things people will say well why are you in this that's not your core core focus and i'm like that's great my core focus is not having just a large bank account my core focus is the experience that i have building something that i consider valuable or that i consider to have purpose Mm -hmm. and then bringing others along you know for the ride to contribute to that not just to be you know hanging around but really have a positive impact and hopefully share that same purpose, uh, which I think a lot of people that we have within our organizations, they really do believe in a purpose and they build and contribute to that. I may start, you know, you know, having 10% of something, but then the other people add, you know, the 90% of mm-hmm. that purpose. So it that makes everything uh, that much more enjoyable. Um, having to get up early and leave late suddenly doesn't seem like a chore anymore it just feels right so building on that feeling constantly is something that i covet the most it's not the things not the items it's it's really just having that feeling of not having some kind of a regret or the the feeling that you wake up in the morning of oh i gotta do this again right so when i eliminated that not saying that i 100 percent eliminated but for the most part i'm able to not have that feeling i consider that um, you know, great success.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's, that feeling is what makes me tick.
0: In a time where entrepreneurship is so cool, obviously it's a massive buzzword. Yeah. Business women, businessmen, they all want to start their own companies. What advice would you give to someone who has that idea and they either don't know how to start or they're teeter tottering whether or not it's worth it because they fear the risk.
1: I say do it for the right reasons, right? Um, don't do it because you saw somebody, you know, flash a watch, car, money on Instagram or Facebook. Do it because you want to do it. And this goes back to, you know, people are doing things, but they don't even know who they are. So know yourself, figure yourself out first. Don't try to peddle some, you know, product from China, on, you know, your Instagram or whatnot, just to do it. And that's not really who you are, right? and figure out what makes you tick. So uh, I think if if you are in the realm of wanting to start a business or being an entrepreneur, be your own boss, uh, that's fantastic, right? And you want to try it. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay, it doesn't matter. The, the 100 things that I did, you know, 99 didn't work out. Uh, but I understood that, and that's what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted <laughs> to get all of those failures under my belt for me to be able to get one success so if you know uh, you know who you are and what you want to do and that is you know working in a bigger company that's okay doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that that's somehow looked at as uh, less favorable as being an entrepreneur or having your own business a lot of times maybe the the thing that you're more passionate about you know spending time with your family uh, you know being outdoors hiking climbing maybe that lifestyle is more conducive if you have an act, if you have a career that's corporate based where you're able to afford you know that time necessary to do enjoy those things so I, I would say search within you and within yourself of what you really want to do and let that be um, you know the, the thing that drives you. Don't focus on what's expected of you or what you think other people want to see of you. Um, and then, you know, just, just follow that. And you know, speaking of that, my, my uh, title on my Instagram handle was entrepreneur. So I just, because of that buzzword, I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's so overused yeah. as before in my time, <clears throat> when I said that it was, it meant like you were unemployed <laughs> and it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Finally, the, the the word was like, oh, it's kind of cool, you yeah. know? Yep. I just changed it to, just to say businessman. Yeah. Um, and artist. Okay. Um, so, it, I, I think, for myself, being a businessman doesn't mean that I can't be creative. That doesn't mean that I can't be dynamic, right? Um, so, one of the things that most people don't know is I consider myself an artist, and that's my other... Uh, dynamic self to you know the deals that I do Mm -hmm. in business you know uh, you can see that um, in the restaurant for example the designing of the restaurant the the logo Uh, in numerous uh, businesses that I'm in Mm -hmm. um, I'll you know put my two cents because I truly do care um, the way things that I have in my head and how I materialize those things in the physical world uh, which is why another reason why I love real estate because you can you can express yourself um into something that 's like, "Wow, I designed that home or right. I designed that building, and uh, this little piece was something I thought about uh a lot. You know I told you that I have a Zen room or Zen space. I had that Zen space in my head, and I created the Zen space in our office where it 's unconventional office furniture. And and materials, but doesn't matter because that that works
0: for me. Yeah. So. I love that. It's fantastic, man. I want to wrap up with just a few more things. This next question is going to be kind of a fun question. It might make you uncomfortable. That's all right. That's all right. It's a podcast. Got to got to roll with it. Yeah. Tell me about your
1: cars over the years. You know, I've had a lot of different cars over the years. And as you know, I don't like to really discuss a lot of different things when it comes to uh, <clears throat> materialism yep. uh, because I don't want to be perceived in, in one way, especially if uh, you don't know me. Yep. Uh, and people that do know me, they understand. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, I guess, self-conscious when it comes to that. I'll he- I'll help everyone
0: that's watching and listening. Goran, I'm sure you can already tell, but extremely humble guy. This guy is very successful. He doesn't show. He doesn't act. Like his shit doesn't stink. It's a very nice, great, considerate guy. Now, with that said, tell me about your
1: cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, again, I've I've had numerous cars, um, and that's that is a passion of mine. I appreciate the the engineering, the 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 man power, woman power, the artistry that goes into a lot of different mm-hmm. things like vehicles. So it, it's just another, um, you know another thing that I'm passionate about. its It has nothing to do with the fact that I just wanna get it because I feel like that's something that, um, you know, somebody is gonna think that yeah. it's cool. Yeah, or, it's for yourself, I'm, there's nothing right. wrong with that. Not yeah. to say that I, I that wasn't my process in the beginning, I've just grown out of that, mm-hmm. where I'm now more uh, comfortable being who I am and, and realizing that, you know, its it's about impressing and being content with myself not anyone else yeah um, so yes I've, I've had different cars I, in my I'm, day i'm not and, letting you out and, of it i'm and, not and, letting you out and, of it and, at, uh, least, and, at least yeah, i'm a motorcycle guy too all right so um when it comes to uh you know speeds i, I would like to say that i enjoy um riding uh my motorcycles at, at more so than i do my cars okay uh but yeah, I, I would say. I would just leave it at that. <laughs> at, least, at least tell me what you're driving now. Uh, uh, what do you mean right now? Like
0: one of the vehicles you're driving right now. A Ford Raptor. Come on. If you one, know? That's
1: fine. <laughs> A Ford Raptor is fine. The <laughs> Ford Raptor is amazing, but you know what yes. I'm talking about. I, again, I, it, which car are you talking about? The black one. I have two black cars.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll I'll cut straight to the chase. I've never sat in a Bentley until I met Gorin, so that's one of his vehicles. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with enjoying those things. You do it for the right reasons. It motivates you. There's no level of, um, you know, being conceited or anything like that. You're not trying to impress other one, anyone else. It is what it is. You know, for people that respect cars, they like cars and that motivates them. You know, it's it's awesome to see someone who is as yeah. young as you and have actually earned I'm it. I'm 36, by the way. That's, that's young as hell. That's <laughs> super young. First and foremost, you're 80s, baby. Secondly, you weren't given that money. You have gone through the process from a young age of actually earning that money. So the reason why I ask that is because that is a token of all of your hard work. And I, I wanted to highlight that.
1: Well, just again, uh, it is nice to have nice things without question, right? You know, it, all those things, um, it, it, they're meant to be enjoyed. And what, to me, um, what I like is that somebody spent the time and the effort to create this. Just if I was to create something and I found somebody else enjoying it, and I'm like, oh, that's satisfying, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't look at that um, personally, not anymore, as I've made it uh, point, it's really just something that I enjoy. Just like I enjoy to take a vacation Mm -hmm. or, you know, go to the gym or uh, work for 12 hours. I enjoy that. So Mm -hmm. I, I do it. And a lot of people that are, you know, business owners or entrepreneurs have different enjoyments and some have similar enjoyments that I have as well. So I, I think that um, if that's something that you know is, is exciting or excites you, then you should embrace it. You, there's no reason to hide behind it. I think that um, pretty much, I don't know, hundred percent of the time when um, I'm out and about, it's a good conversation starter. And the next question is really, what do you do right? Uh, which, to me, is a great opportunity to engage another person to talk about what I do but then also it could give them a glimpse of, I could also do this as well. Um, and I've had a lot of those moments when I was between you know 11 and 20, where I'm like, wow, that person is so successful, I'm gonna go ask them what they do and they tell me what they do, mm-hmm. and I mimic that in one way or another, uh, either right away or next couple of years. So it really is important to have the dialogue and the conversation, especially with younger people Uh, About the different opportunities, Mm -hmm. because if they're not aware of them, they're just gonna, you know, maybe end up being stuck in the same cycle uh, that maybe their parents are in. Um, So I'm 100% fine with sharing those uh, stories Mm -hmm. one on one or in, you know, groups or whatnot uh, as a motivating, a motivational tool. So that's really how I look at it. Where it's it's a great um, uh, starting point uh to have a good discussion and hopefully inspire somebody to you know
0: take a leap such a fantastic perspective that's why i had him on the show extraordinary mind right here i love that <laughs> well let's wrap it up tonos this saturday grand opening yep. remind them again of the location
1: uh 3088 uh, white bear avenue uh, tono com is okay. the website uh, it is on facebook obviously on google if you follow me or if we're friends on Facebook or Instagram, I have it posted all over. Okay. If for some reason you don't, you can call my cell phone, 612-242-5518, and I'll give you all the details. Because if you do want to come, I'll give you the directions and because I, I really do care about um, the, the restaurant. And if I can help sell one pizza or a cheesesteak any way I can, then I, I'm all for it. There you go, guys.
0: Direct access right there. That's find right. him. Find him. You text him, find him on Instagram, Facebook, and he'll let you know where the Tono's grand opening is. All right? All right. Sounds good, Doran. I appreciate it. a real pleasure.